You know, we're in the dog days of summer. It's the off season, not much going on. You'd think, but there's some pebbles in there you could dig out, some interesting nuggets of information. Uh, chief among them, what's been going on for weeks now, has been Jonathan Kaminga, the prize young rookie, and whether or not he has the dedication, the commitment uh, that it takes to be a superstar player in the NBA. Uh, the Warriors also added some players, at least to their training camp, uh, with the potential for one of these players to take that 14th roster spot if Andre Iguodala uh, decides to retire. Sophia Jones, a guard for the San Jose State women's basketball team, is going to join me to give us a younger perspective on the Warriors' young trio, what's going through their minds, whether or not what they're doing is immature or just par for the course. We're going to break it all down next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Sophia Jones on Twitter at Sophia Jones underscore two. She is a guard. I don't know if you're a shooting guard or point guard for the San Jose State Spartans women's basketball team. Uh, and also you're, you've got tremendous uh, progeny given your dad's uh, uh, you know position as, as one of the preeminent premier NBA broadcasters. Uh, you seem to be following in his footsteps, uh, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show. You can follow me, Cyrus Sots, is on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Sophia, how are you doing? How's your summer? How's your family? How's life? I'm doing well. You mentioned if I was a shooting guard or point guard, I feel like if you saw me in real life, you would be able to tell immediately by my height that I am, in fact, a point guard. <laughs> I'm 5'6", so... But yeah, just been going through some summer workouts, a lot of basketball. So nice to kind of be able to talk basketball a little bit instead of just playing. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're going to do plenty of that. Um, yeah. And a huge reason I brought you on, besides the fact that you're talented, you know the game, um, I wanted to get a younger perspective because one of the uh, very few negative tidbits of information to come out of Warriors camp has been uh, this this weird attribution from Stephen A. Smith. I'm going to play it real quick again, just to remind people um, where he basically was revealing that according to his sources, there is concern among the Warriors organization in regard to Jonathan Kaminga's like work ethic, his commitment to the team. Um, anyway, so let's play one more time. We've done this before, but here is Stephen A. Smith about what a week ago, two weeks ago, um, talking about Jonathan Kaminga. To be significant, I'm worried about Kaminga. I'm hearing too many things about him off the court in terms of his head, the level of discipline that he lacks. You understand? Mm -hmm. Some of the foolishness. I'm not getting in this personal business. I'm mm. not saying nothing like that. Mm. I'm talking attitude. I'm not okay. talking actions. I'm saying that attitude, the level of focus, commitment, determination, just putting your head down, doing the work. I'm hearing that he's shortchanging the Warriors in that regard, and he got to get his act together because I'm a Jonathan Kaminga fan. All right, so that was, that was what Stephen A. Smith said. Who knows who his source is um, and whether or not it's even true. Um, Andre Iguodala then said on his podcast, and I was trying to find the damn thing. No one marked down the time. Uh, so I'll just read the attribution. Uh, Andre Iguodala on his, point, on his podcast, Point Forward, um, came out and said, quote, uh, he took some licks from Stephen A. I don't know how warranted they were because from what I heard, he'd been doing what he's supposed to do this summer 
uh, unquote. Um, and, and look, he's 19 years old. All right? He's insanely young. Sophia, when you first heard uh, the, the Stephen A comments, what went through your mind? Was there any concern for you for Jonathan Kaminga? Was, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you, you know, you relate a lot more than anyone else I've talked to. What were your first thoughts when you heard that? Yeah, my thoughts most sore were like, kind of what you said, you can't even be sure if this is true. Kaminga, he's so young, like you said, 19 years old. And I think what is kind of in the game now is you're seeing a lot of younger players start earlier and earlier and doing more earlier. So sometimes that can kind of like accumulate over time and you get to that level, like the NBA, and it's kind of, um, you can maybe get a little bit burnt out. I'm not saying this is what happens, but this is definitely something that, you know, that could be seen and just taken the wrong way. But at the same time, the Warriors, obviously, they played all the way through the finals. Then you had Kaminga in the summer league. And then you also see him playing on the national team for Democratic Republic of the Congo, which right. I feel like after that long of a season and on top of summer league for him to go out on his own time and still play for their national team. I feel like that does still say a lot about his commitment to just wanting to get extra reps in. That's a great call. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, <clears throat> and, and part of, I think what, why this drew a little concern from dub nation and why it drew attention from a lot of me media members like myself is because this wasn't new. If this was the first time we heard this, you probably just shrug your shoulders and be like, ah, oh, whatever, Stephen A., who knows what he's drumming up. But this has been a theme that's been going on throughout the season. Draymond Green's talked about his difficulties communicating with Kaminga given the age gap. Uh, Kevon Looney, who I believe sits next to Kaminga uh, in the locker room, has, has echoed similar sentiments, adding that Kaminga oftentimes has a bit of a stubborn approach, that he doesn't like to listen uh, to advice that the older players give him. Um, Andre Iguodala, who defended him on his recent podcast, also echoed, echoed uh, similar sentiments, saying that Kaminga at times, you know, has this stubbornness when it comes to listening uh, to others and maybe just wants to do things his way. Um, and then, of course, there's that comparison between him and Moody. And, and maybe that's unfortunate for Kaminga that you had that he was drafted along with another lottery pick in Moses Moody, um, who seems to be uh, providing much more of a picture of a model of what you want from your rookie in terms of like attitude, um, effort. Uh, and he just does seem more NBA ready. Now, given all that stuff, um, do you, I, I, I don't doubt Kaminga's commitment, but what about him in terms of like being an open-minded individual, maybe listening to the veterans when they're trying to give him advice? What are your thoughts on all that stuff? I kind of just try to see it and like relate to it as when I was like a freshman coming in for to play a uh, division one basketball and to a certain extent for if you get to that level you're always been told pretty probably like the majority of your life that like you know what you're doing and like you're the best at it so sometimes it your confidence can take a little bit of a hit when all of it when all of a sudden it's like people are telling you oh no you got to do this you got to do this yeah. so sometimes that's honestly just a little bit getting used to and getting you know, more accustomed to taking that criticism and translating it on the court. Mm -hmm. So this could be something that's happening with Kaminga and it could really just be a case kind of 
where he's young. I know he's so young. So he's younger than you, right? He is younger than me. I was looking at that the other day. <laughs> and yeah, it's crazy. And, you're you're a sophomore junior, right? I mean, you're you're super young. <laughs> I know. Crazy. So I was. I finally reached the age where I look at some of these NBA players and it's like, wow, like I'm actually older than y'all now. <laughs> but <laughs> so, yeah, and there is also kind of a little bit of like the generational communication gap. I mean, Kavinga couldn't even go to like the club and drink with his teammates when right. they won the championship. So it's sometimes even that where you're more so you want to you're better receiver to constructive criticism when you have a better bond with that person right so sometimes maybe you can look a little bit at the bond in terms of like how strong that connection is which is you see kind of like Iguodala where yeah. he takes that veteran role like very well and he's kind of used to being in that role so he knows how to talk to some of the people of the younger generation a little better so yeah Great call on that. That's a great call. And, and I, I'm going to obviously pick your brain a lot more about Kaminga and, and really want to make the theme of today's show about the youngsters, um, which also includes uh, James Wiseman, who's about to enter his third year. Moses Moody, who was also about to enter his second year. Um, first, want to give some love to a very longtime sponsor of this program, Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar yet in general, I feel like you're depriving yourself of a tremendous joy just because i mean it obviously depends on the flavor if you go to built.com you can order a sample pack to figure out uh, uh which which is right for you i mean i love the granola bars but the, the the beauty of built bar is that it has a fraction of the calories of a candy bar it has on average an eighth of the sugar that a candy bar has it is packed with protein they usually have 17 grams of protein for each Built Bar. One thing I'm struggling with in life is the late night munchies. And Built Bar has helped me a lot because instead of gorging on something that's horrible for you, I eat just one Built Bar, which on average has about 150 calories, 17 grams of protein. That helps me make that helps make me feel full. While at the same time, you only get on average four grams of sugar. So I'm not putting all these toxins in my body. And I again I, I feel full, so I'm not gorging. I'm going to bed. I'm happy. And Built Bar is just, that's what they do. And, and the protein that Built Bars have is collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently. It provides a ton of health benefits. You can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So go to Built.com, use the promo code, and it's a new promo code, be aware, LOCKEDON15. Again, go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and get 15% off your order at Built.com. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 it's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. You follow Sophia Jones, a point guard for the San Jose State Spartans basketball team at Sophia Jones underscore two. And uh, just talking about Kaminga just for a little bit more. In your opinion, again, you, you play at a Division One program. You clearly know this game. I'm sure you and your dad, Mark Jones, talk hoops. Do you talk hoops? I mean, do you, do you two actually like – Okay, we you do. do. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, <laughs> so you, I mean, whatever you deem a quote-unquote expert, a lot of people uh, throw that word around loosely when it really shouldn't. But, I mean, if you, know, you definitely fit like the prototype. So – uh, based on your expert opinion, you've seen Jonathan Kaminga now playing for a whole year. He finished his rookie campaign. He's about to enter year two. Uh, what are your thoughts on his game? Like, like in terms of analyzing, you know, his growth as a player, his strengths, his weaknesses. What are your thoughts on Jonathan Kaminga? I love his game. I feel like one of the things that's really hard to coach is motor. And when you look at him play on the court, his motor is always really high. So I really think that he has a really good upside and some of the talk and rumors about his work ethic, I see those kind of fizzling away and I see that this kid could be really, really something special, honestly. I, same. I, I, I've been raving about him. Uh, you know, like I said, even though, even though his image is taking a little hit right now, I've, I've been saying for, uh, for weeks now that, if Kaminga just starts showing up to practice at the same time as Curry and Pohl, I feel like whatever issues may exist there, and I say may because there might not be any issues, um, but if there are issues there, I feel like that would just go away because Steph and, and Jordan Pohl are notorious for being the first two players of practice. They're usually there right when the tours are open. Uh, and and I, I don't know. Would you agree with that? Do you think if Kaminga just started maybe putting in those extra few minutes or hours whatever that translates to would that make a difference or do you think he's doing fine uh, what he's doing now I feel like the people that are actually the players and the coaches are really the people can that can really speak to as to who Kaminga is so we really don't know if he's fine as he is right now but I mean, as a younger player and as a gen as a player in general like you always do want to try to get in as much gym time and extra reps as possible just to give yourself that extra edge and give you that confidence boost that you know that you you know that the skills that you worked on can translate onto the court absolutely what about um <clears throat> let's shift gears to another youngster here and that's uh james wiseman he's entering his third season um all indications are is that he's putting in the time i've heard that he's he's starting to really grasp uh, the system of the Warriors on both sides of the court, both offensively and defensively. I mean, he's a physical specimen. There's no doubt about that. He brings size. What are your thoughts on Wiseman? And and uh, as we hopefully get to see a full season with him. Yeah, I think he's a very, really, really big piece for the Warriors. Kavon Looney is a great person to kind of that he can model or just kind of learn from. But he also does some things that Moody that uh, Looney doesn't, where he can kind of stretch out the Warriors' offense a little better. Which you know, as they like to do so much in transition and play such a fast motion pace, that that extra mobility could create real problems on offense. Yeah, and he he's fat. I mean, people really seem to underestimate and, and, and underrate his speed. He covers the court from one side to the other so fast. 
Um, he's an underrated ball handler, very underrated shooter. His form is, is fantastic. Um, I'm really excited. Like the more I'm, I'm hearing, the more I just talk about him on the show or wherever, the more excited I'm getting. Um, and then Moses Moody is someone I feel like universally, there seems to be the least amount of worry about him. You know, people uh, use the term old soul uh, when describing him last year, meaning his maturity is just, you know, much further along than someone his age typically is. He just turned 20, I think a couple months ago. Um, what are your thoughts on Moody? I mean, what, what parts of his game really stick out to you? What about him as an individual? Your thoughts on Moody, please. I feel like the, the perception that he's kind of created for himself, like you said, that he is an old soul and very mature for his age will take him a really long way. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's just going to be a very solid player for the Warriors. And when you look at kind of the loss of Otto Porter, I feel like he could kind of step into a similar position to that and provide mm. some really good minutes for the Warriors. And then whenever you hear about how mature someone is for their age, that always means that they're just going to be like, not always, but that's good, like in the locker room. So, you know, he's going to, kind of just be a good presence which always helps absolutely and and chemistry is such a vitally important variable for this warriors team the old adage uh strength in numbers it rings true with this team and by the way i gotta play i'm gonna play a clay thompson clip for you folks in just a minute just because i, I randomly stumbled across this the other day it was in his press conference after the warriors won uh, the world championship this thing blew up just because of how uh, honest clay was um especially when he was criticizing another nba player about the strength and numbers adage uh final thoughts on these youngsters real quick before we move on in your opinion are you worried at all about jonathan kaminga or do you think he's on the on the right path to eventually become a potential star if not a superstar in this game or are, is there any worry from you and any final thoughts about jonathan kaminga there isn't really any worry on my end i feel like even if there potentially was something, he's in the best environment to be able to fix those habits and create new and better ones. So there's really not worry on my end. There you go. That's and that's I, hearing that Dub Nation should make you feel better because unlike a lot of these old talking heads who are talking about Kaminga and all these other players, Sophia, you're almost practically his age. You're older. <laughs> which is crazy um but yes you're much closer to the age and i, I feel a lot better hearing from you that kimming is going to be okay i gotta play this this clay thompson clip real quick so again it's just even though it's i've played this before everyone's heard it um i actually didn't hear this full long version it version of it before until i stumbled across this i think it was on social media i forgot where i found it um but this was kaminga in the post-game press conference after the Warriors won their fourth world championship uh, in eight years. Take a listen to Clay. <laughs> I can't wait. There's this one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing. Freaking bum. That, I had to watch that. I'm just like, this freaking cloud. Okay. 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 Sorry. That memory just popped up. I'm going to mock us. Like, you ain't ever been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know why I get such a kick out of that. Am I the only one, Sophia? Like, what are your thoughts on Clay Thompson just basically 
remembering all the criticism as fuel for for motivation your thoughts on clay <laughs> i love that i love how unfiltered that is he said he said he was done and then he was like hold on i actually have more i want to say about uh -huh. that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so <laughs> i love clay though i think people were saying like oh like he I, he's living like rent free in his head but it's just like you're on such a high and it's just like little things that pop into your mind yep. and it's just you want to speak on them hell yeah and especially when they're like disrespectful comments like that these grizzlies players i don't know why they have this speaking of motors like they have a motor attached to all their mouths that just does not stop and i, I really don't get that but um, i you're right because the first time i saw that attribution uh they cut it off they, i didn't see that end part where you're right, he just keeps going. He goes, sorry, sorry, but, and then he just piles yeah. on and adds a few more thoughts before ending. I love Clay, man. Clay, Alexander Thompson, you rule. Um, the Warriors uh, are in the news today for adding some players. Um, they've added four players to their training camp roster. Uh, and, and part of the reason they're doing this is because they want to get players in Chase Center as the veterans start showing up here in September um, for five-on-five -five scrimmages. And Avery Bradley was part of that mold last year. Um, but for this year, the Warriors have brought in four players. One of these four, maybe even two, uh, could get roster spots because as of right now, the Warriors roster is set at 13 players. So all indications are they're not going to go 15, which they could, uh, but they have to have 14 players on that roster. And today they brought in veterans Ben McLemore, who I think played for the Portland Trailblazers last year. Um, Alfred Payton, who I don't know who he played for. It might have been the Suns a year ago. Uh, I believe former point guard. Isn't the one with the crazy hair? Is that him, Sophia? Am I thinking of the right person? I think you are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, yeah. And, and he's, I think, a point guard, stands 6'3", former lottery pick. Uh, they also brought Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who I'm not that familiar with. My understanding is he's a 6'6", uh, a power forward. Um, and then Kenneth, Kenneth Fareed, a player who you and I, when we were talking before we started re recording, um, both have a lot of fond memories of him. He used to be a very dominating presence in the NBA. I don't know what happened to him in terms of his fall off. Um, but for some reason, he stopped getting the big money deals. He stopped being an impact player. Uh, but if he can show semblances of his old self, I would love that. Um, your thoughts on these four players that the Warriors just brought in to, for as, a, as training camp invitees who could, in theory, make the roster? Yeah, we, I mean, you talk about Kenneth Fareed. I feel like you don't get the nickname Manimal by just being right. some regular player. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Warriors also, they have good history with kind of revitalizing players' careers as well. So this could be a good landing spot for him. And then Alfred Payton, he's provides some athleticism. He, I want to say, like you said, he is good, solid point guard. Yeah. And yeah those are kind of the names that stick out stuck out to me the most uh, and ben what about ben mclemore his name for some reason uh, I, I was looking at some of the chatter uh among gov nation in terms of who they're excited about on social media and ben mclemore's name for some reason stuck out the most um i i mean i, I, mean, I remember him i've seen him play i know he's a decent player uh you know he, i think a shooting guard i believe um any thoughts on him though because i'm not like super excited about him but a lot of other people are. Are you? And any thoughts on Ben McLemore? I honestly don't have that many thoughts. I don't recall him too much as a player, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. 
um, yeah, and he was, he's, like I said, he's 29 years old. Uh, he's 6'3". I always pictured him as a shooting guard. Um, and he's another former uh, lottery pick. He was in the 2013 draft, picked seventh overall by the Sacramento Kings. Um, so, yeah, those are the four players that the Warriors have picked up and added to the roster. Let's talk about you for a second. Um, you play for D1 school, San Jose State University. Uh, I teach there. You play women's basketball there. Uh, are you a starter? Are you coming off the bench? Have you figured out your role yet? What are your thoughts on the team and, and your your thoughts your, on your experience heading into, I believe, your second year playing for uh, the Spartans? Yeah, it's funny you say second year. Whenever I have to, yeah, so whenever I have to introduce myself, I always say sophomore on the court and junior in the classroom. It's just <laughs> really complicated because of COVID. But um, yeah, we have a lot of new incomers this year, new coaching staff. So looking to kind of propel the San Jose State women's basketball program in a positive direction and just kind of looking forward to seeing what this new energy can bring really. Absolutely. My, uh, my, my part, one of my colleagues who I host two days a week with on Locked On Warriors, uh, Kylan Mills, she's going to start doing some sideline reporting, I think for the football games. Um, it's just awesome that you play for a D1 school just because so many opportunities emerge from that. Um, and, and are you, so you, have you figured out if you're going to be a starter yet this year? Are you coming off the bench? What is your role for the team? Haven't figured that out yet. Um, I will, I'm point guard and our first regular season game isn't for a couple more months. And like I said, we have, I'm not sure what the exact number is, but I want to say like eight incoming players. So wow. it's just kind of a lot. Yeah. So a lot to figure out and just a lot of competition every day on the court, trying to figure stuff out and kind of get the spots that we want because nothing is really given right now. You really have to earn it, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, and we're excited. How can people watch your games? I was going to say I'm looking forward to seeing you. And I'm like, can I see you? Like, how, how do people watch San Jose State uh, uh, women's basketball games? So – during our conference season, our games are streamed on the Mountain West Network, since that's our conference. And then nice. I want to say this year, some of our games will be broadcasted on NBC Sports. I don't know if it's Bay Area or California. Okay. But so, yeah, we had two games last year broadcasted with them. Um, my dad actually got to call one of those games, so he enjoyed doing that. But We'll, um, so we'll have that TV exposure too. And I'm not about sure about to... our non-conference games. Okay. I was about yeah. to bring that up. Last time I had your dad on the show, Mark Jones. Um, and you must, I, I can't imagine how he, how you felt watching him do the play-by-play -play in the NBA finals. That was freaking awesome. Uh, but how does it feel to, and I guess to explain that, like how does it feel to see your dad calling NBA finals games? Mike Breen had COVID. He was out, I think for the first three games. Um, so your dad stepped in and then how does it feel to have your dad call one of your games? Cause the last time he was on this show, um, I brought that up and he was such a proud dad. Like what, what were, what were your feelings in that situation? Yeah. Kind of in the way that he said he was a proud dad calling my game. I felt like a proud daughter <laughs> watching him call the finals. Hell yeah. Just because I know how much work he really puts in and how, yeah, just how much he's really fought to get into the position that he's in. And for him also to be a part of the first 
all black crew that called the NBA finals ever. I did not know so, that. Yeah. So oh. it was him, Mark Jackson, and Lisa Salters were all on the call. So having saying being able to say that he was a part of that is like it's so amazing too. Heck I'm yeah. just yeah, I'm honestly just I was so I was almost as excited to watch the actual like Warriors play as just to hear my dad on the call. <laughs> I did that's that's news to me. I was not made aware of that that because because COVID took out Breen, it took out Van Gundy. Yeah, so there was one game where it was just Mark, the two, the two Marks, uh, yeah. and, then, and then Lisa Salters. And uh, I, yeah, I, I just that I just I never thought of that. that. Thanks for raising awareness of that fact. That's fascinating and awesome. Um, one final question. We'll call it a day here. What are your thoughts on the Warriors offseason as a whole? Like like in your opinion. Look, they lost Gary. They lost. They lost almost all their veterans from the bench, but they replaced them either with enough fellow solid veterans, and they're now expecting the youth that we've talked about most of the show to kind of take a bigger role this year. Um, I don't see any of their opposition really getting that much better outside of the Clippers, uh, mainly because of health. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Warriors offseason, and, and where do you? How do you like their chances uh, to repeat as world champions this year? I think after kind of my initial kind of disappointment with Gary Payne the second and Otto Porter leaving um seeing kind of some of the other pieces that the Warriors brought in and seeing how this young core was able to perform and develop at summer league I think that this still war is still on a upside honestly and like you said I was trying to think of some other title contenders. And I think pro obviously probably the Celtics again would be another team that's right there. And then there. I can also see the Bucks and Heat being some potential dangers. And then in the Western Conference, you mentioned the Clippers, which is kind of a lot like a little bit of a wild card just mm -hmm. because um, they're coming back from injuries with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, which, right. I mean, those are some Hall of Famers. So the, they could potentially pose a bit of a threat. And I would say, I would, I would say maybe them to pose the biggest threat to the Warriors in the Western Conference. I'm with you. Um, yeah. and, and, the, and the other team, and they're so unrated. It's weird to me that, you know, speaking of Jaron Jackson Jr., who Clay Thompson just ripped a new one there. Um, but the Grizzlies, I don't know why people sleep on them. I mean, they 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 had another, they didn't pick up any big free agents, but they had another solid draft. Just getting more of these big wing type players, just just a lot of large bodies. That seems to be one of their strategies for drafting. Um, I, I think they're still a threat. I mean, I don't think they're gonna beat the Warriors, but you know, it's John Morant with another year of experience. Jaron Jackson Jr., another year of experience, even though he's going to be out until, I think, January. Um, so, folks, don't sleep on the Grizzlies either. But, yeah, I agree with you with all those other teams, um, especially the Bucks. It wouldn't surprise me if they come out of the East again this year. Um, but should be fun. I think we covered everything, right? Are we good? Did I miss anything? Anything you want to promote? Did we forget about talking about something? Are we done? Um, Everything. I think we covered everything. Sounds good. Yeah. Again, you can follow Sophia Jones one more time. <laughs> On Twitter at Sophia Jones underscore two. Uh, you can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at Dogs or Frocho, and this program on Twitter 
at Locked on Dubs. Sophia, always a pleasure. Thank you. Say hi to your dad for me, please. And um, let's do this again sometime. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. Later, everyone. <laughs> Take care.